welcome to the City Point Church podcast. Thanks for joining us. Every day is an opportunity to take hold of. So we hope this message inspires you and builds your faith, that it helps you have more of a God perspective for your day. Enjoy. Could we all just say out loud, nice and loud this morning, God, I love you. I give you my life. Today, my heart is open. My ears are alert to grow and change and never be the same. Amen. Amen. Awesome. While you take your seat, why don't you give God another shout of praise? He's a good God. So, so good. Worship was amazing today. Thanks, team. Hey, we're honoured here at City Point North to have the amazing Jason and Michelle Smith with us, and Ryan as well, which is Taylor's parents, and the founders of this church. Did you know that? So 20 years ago, a life group. Um, So it's such an honour to have you with us on a holiday. Pastors can't go anywhere without being announced. (laughs) You can't even visit a church. So good. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, hey, um, the, we're in a season this year of City Point Church um, called Pursuit. And so this year for us as a church, our objective is for us to get to a new place of pursuing God. And so that's, that's the call on your life this year. That's the mandate over City Point Church. It's the vision for us is to reach out to God and say, God, how, do, how can I pursue you more? Could you change in me what needs to be changed? My perspective, my opinions, whatever needs to be changed so I can get to this place of needing and wanting to seek you more. I find this in life. I've been in church for a long time. And, and first of all, every message that preacher preaches is the only message ever that needs to be heard. Have you noticed that? If you just get my point today, your whole life will change. (laughs) So that's one lesson I've learned in church. But um, also, it's easy for us to say things to the congregation or to listen to a podcast and, and hear like, you know, this will change your life or, we, you know, God really wants you to pursue him. But when we take that word home, it's like, well, I don't even really want to. Like, that's the truth, isn't it? This is just reality talk today. Like, we go home and go, well, God, I love you, I believe in you, but to be honest, I really just want to watch Netflix or play a computer game. I would rather do something else than lock myself in the bedroom and jump on my knees and and worship you. And so this is reality for us as human beings. And so for me, the thing I've adopted in my life is to say, for God, would you get me to the place I need to get to so that I can do that? So would you do whatever you need to do in me, in my world around me, so that I will get to the place? Now, that's a dangerous prayer to pray, and I don't recommend it. unless you want to really get close to your saviour. Because this is the thing, is to pursue God, you have to realise you need to pursue God. And if he's going to get you to that place of realisation, you know, some danger might be on the way for you. So put on the seatbelt. But God will challenge you. He will expand you. He will sometimes even break you. He will allow circumstances that he promises in his word. He will never kill you, which means you have the ability to get through everything. But it's when we realise we need God that we will start to pursue God. And I suggest the quicker you get there, the more pain-free the journey is going to be <laughs> to, to know that we need God. In our humanity, we need God. Church, are you with me this morning? Like the, the longer we all live, with a real, the, longer, the more we realise, I'll get the words out in a moment, the more we realise that we just don't have the answers. We can't see around the corner. We can't prepare for the things this world and life's journey is going to throw. So we need God. Here's the thing. I can't fix my family. I can put things in place, but I can't fix them. I need God working through me to help navigate my family. Are you the same or am I just talking to myself? It's a bit quiet in this place today. (laughs) Anyway, get to the Word of God. Matthew 6, 25, 33. This is today's scripture. It's a long one. Jesus said these words. He said, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, 
what you will put on? Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than what they are, than all of creation? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? I have a saying in my life, if worry will fix the situation, I'll worry. (laughs) Verse 27, which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to your stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Worry never has got someone clothing. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentile seeks. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of those things will be added to you. Seek first the kingdom of God. So today's message is titled, Seek God First. And when you're evaluating my message and throwing judgment and just working out what bits you want to apply and what bits, you know, are false doctrine, while you're doing all that, why don't you have this massive filter of every area in my life? What would it look like to seek God first? What would it look like to seek God first? Before you spoke to your wife or your husband, you sought God. Is this wise? Is this a good, you know? Anyway, I'll stop my dad jokes right there. My husband jokes. I didn't get to the joke, but it was rolling in my head. What would it look like if you seek to God first? When you went to work, you seek to God before you enter it in. When you spoke to the customer, if you seek to God first. If you did that business deal, if you seek to God first. When you're going in to discipline your children with the rod, you seek to God first. And, you know, and God, the Holy Spirit, could counsel you before you walked into those moments. What would that life look like? So we're going to have a bit of a look at this. So the first question that I ask myself is why is it important to seek God. You know, I'm a Christian, I'm going to go to heaven, I've got the stamp of salvation, so why do I need to seek God? Well, here's the answer, straight up, is God is our identity. God is our identity. Through seeking God, some of us will find our identity, and through seeking God, some of us will strengthen our identity. In my life, I've come to realize that the enemy has a purpose and everything that the devil does is to to take down to water down to break the the reality and the truth of our identity it's his number one thing you look at everything the devil does he's a liar he's a deceiver and everything he does is to separate and create a bigger void between us and our savior jesus christ and our lord god our creator everything his whole intention is to break down your identity in this world that we live in probably the number one thing that i see that this world is struggling with right now is identity in fact from the beginning in the Garden of Eden, the very first sin that ever occurred was a breaking of identity. They ate the apple, they disobeyed, and then they had to cover themselves because they could see what sin is, they could see what life is, and they could see what death is, and their identity as a child of God, saved, redeemed, and washed, and all of that was broken in that moment, and they had to strive to keep themselves clean so they covered themselves. It always has been and always will be about identity. And we have to understand that we need to, as Christians, strengthen our identity. And if you've never given your heart to God, let me tell you, once you know your true identity, you will live a life that you've never lived before, a life of freedom and blessing. It's amazing. Identity equals belonging, and it gives purpose. 
and it gives purpose. So in today's uh, scripture, there was two things specifically that Jesus reminded us on, and these are critical things, and I don't want to stay too long on this, but I just want to hit that the first thing is that Jesus reminds us of is our belonging, our belonging. Have you ever felt like you didn't belong? You know, I've, I know people that have come to church and they've said to me as a pastor of church, oh, I love your church, but I'm just going to go to the one down the road. I just didn't feel like I belonged. As though there was something wrong with you. Not me. They liked my message. It was good. They felt like they didn't belong, so that's, you, that's on you. And so, can you believe that? They felt like you didn't make them feel like they belonged. <laughs> and we've even got a slogan, you belong here. Like, we literally, we told them that you belong here. But, and, but the truth is, is they came to church for the wrong reasons. Because Christ is their identity. And they belong with the children of God, no matter where we are, what we look like. You know, you can be black, white, red, yellow. You can come from any country in the world. It just doesn't matter. When you're a child of God, you have belonging. And what's more than that, you also have a purpose. And so if you're struggling for your purpose, the truth is is you need to strengthen your identity. Because soon as you have a strong... Now, I'm not talking about a wussy identity. Yeah, I'm a child of God. He's a good God. I'm not talking that. I'm like, man, I'm a child of God, which means I'm the head, not the tail. So I don't know an enemy like you doing these things to my family, but I think you're forgetting just who I am because I'm a son of God. And what that means is I have authority in my house. And when I say that no one will walk around my perimeter of my house and thieves won't come into my house, I actually meant that. And, you know, I I remember um, when I was a kid, um, we actually did have a few, um, our neighbours were interesting, okay, great people, great people, but interesting. And um, we had a couple of times where I was in bed at night and I actually heard people walking outside my window, got into the perimeter of our yard, never ever broke into our house. And now that's probably a three times I would say I had that in my childhood. And um, neighbours always were getting broken into, never ever got into our house, but I was really upset with God. And I said, God, that better not happen when I have my own house. Because this is why, is every night I pray over our family and I say, God, I pray for angels all around the perimeter of my house. Let me tell you this, if anyone ever got through my house, I would be so upset. I would be really upset because no one should forget that I'm a child of God. And when I pray in his name, mountains move. And when I say, God, let there be an army, how dare they get through angel armies, which means there was a gap. Someone was on Smoko. (laughs) And there was a gap of angels. And that doesn't sit well with me. That's the sort of authority. When you know your identity and you know who God is, God created all things. He can move heaven and earth, the Bible tells us. And he does do that. The Bible says he hears your every prayer, which means he hears my prayer when I pray those prayers. He hears. So if someone's getting through that hedge of protection, God's up to something really sneaky. Like in the the Bible, in the book of Job, remember... He had a hedge of protection around his world and the enemy went in the throne room of heaven and spoke to God and said, you know, Job, like, he's a bit of a loser and you don't realise, God, that if you just pull down the hedge of protection, he would deny you. God had a bit of a chuckle. The enemy, this is all in your Bible if you want to read the story. And, and then the enemy goes to God, well, God, you don't really know your peeps and God's like, I oh, mean, I know Job. Anyway, so God said, well, go for it. You can do anything but take his life. So God put down the walls or the hedge of protection around my house and then the enemy started doing things to Job and so I know this if someone comes in the perimeter of my house we're talking about the perimeter of the house a lot today if someone comes in the perimeter of your world because of your authority in Christ you should know that that 
is a sign that what God wants to grow your faith, that God wants to strengthen who you are because God has something amazing ahead and he has chosen you to be able to conquer over that thing in your future. Just like in the book of Job, everything was restored to him, but he was greater than ever before. Man, the day when Job went to heaven would have been an amazing uproar in heaven. Does that make sense? So the second thing is, is value, your value. In verse 26, Jesus said, Are you not more of more value than they? And what is they? They is everything. Everything created. There is no one or nothing on planet Earth that holds more value than you do, than what you do. I want you to hear that today. Nothing and no one on this planet has more value than you, than all of you. No one and nothing. That person has no more value than you. That thing that's happened does not hold more value than you. That workplace is not more valuable than what you are. That person is not more valuable than what you are. You are the most valuable thing, Jesus has said to us today. Our value is greater than anything else. This is why it's so critical that we keep seeking and pursuing God. God first in all things, amen? God first, our identity. He's the source of our belonging and he's the source of our value. Would you like some theology in the church today. In today's passage, um, we're reading from the book of Matthew, but Luke also records this same story. And what's interesting is in the book of Luke, it's also written in red, which means Jesus' words. But did you know that the apostle Luke was a Gentile? That Luke was an apostle after Jesus' death? He was not a disciple with Jesus. Did you know that? Luke most likely never heard Jesus say these words, yet he records them in his gospel as well. Scholars believe that Luke was super close with Mary, Jesus' mother, and that Luke also travelled with Paul heaps. So he would have, although Paul wasn't a disciple, he would have been learning from all the other disciples in his time, like Paul and all the stories. Not only would uh, Luke have Mary's words on his lips of all the stories Mary would have shared about his son, that's pretty cool, and, uh, and this is how the Torah came into place and the Old Testament is on the words, on, the, on their lips, and it went down from generation to generation, so it held mass value. Luke also had a Gentile filter in which he would have processed all Mary's words about her son, Jesus Christ. And so he had a Gentile, as Matthew on the other side of the coin, which is today's reading, Matthew was a Jew and he was a disciple of Jesus Christ. He personally knew Jesus. Matthew would have been there when Jesus said all these amazing words that we read today. And his writings would have been very accurate. So why am I talking about Luke then? See, in Matthew documents, Jesus talking about everything we want in life and by saying in Matthew 6.32 he says for after these things the Gentiles seek so Matthew the Jew put the blame on the Gentiles because Jews were perfect (laughs) and he said well after all these things clothing and wealth and brand new Mustangs and all these amazing new church buildings and things they want the, the Gentiles want and they seek after that but Luke wrote this Luke wrote in uh, Luke 12:30 he said for all these things the nations of the world seek he didn't say Gentiles he didn't even blame the Jews so he was filtering Jesus words as a Gentile through a Gentile mindset So Matthew created a distinction that the Gentiles are the needy ones. Now, we do this as well. And then Luke says, no, 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 no. Everybody is needing, even the religious ones. 
the ones that go to City Point Church every Sunday. What's the point? The point is this. Everyone needs, everyone wants good clothes to feel love, to have belonging and to have value, and everybody worries. God is the source of everything for everybody. And we must seek God first in order to get these things. I say it like that because when I was preparing the message, God was bringing a lot of people in in front of my mind, across my mind, and I realized something. If you're in this place today and, and there's a need in your business, if there's a need in your family, if there's a need in your world, clothing, practical things, food on the table, money for groceries, and then even wants and desires like Mustangs and houses and, and did I have said that twice, eh? Um, and of the heart, the mouth speaks. Anyway, um, so there might be all of these things that you might need in your world. Well, I want to say these words direct from Jesus Christ today. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. Now, you might go, well, that's a bit of, you know, church hoo-ha. Well, give it a go. Rachel preached it this morning. Why don't you give it a go? Why don't you actually test God things? See, when you seek the face of God and your heart is broken for the heart that God, for what God's heart breaks for, tithing will become a natural response. That's how I believe in my world. When I know if my heart, if I even question our tithing, I know I need to do a heart check because out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so I want to do the things that are in my heart. And when you start to seek God first in all of these areas, all these things will be added to you. I believe it 100%. And who would love it in their world today? Amen. He's a God of blessing. He's not a God of lack. He's not a God of, of like, I'm just going to check the storehouse and just see if I've got enough to bless those people. You know, well, they're my favorite, you know, so I'll give the blessing to them, but we don't have enough for those. Well, I'm pretty sure we just said that you are the most valuable, which means it goes to you, amen? Did you see that today? So you may have been living a Christian life for 20 years or given your heart during the worship today, which would be a natural response and amazing worship. You may be financially rich or poor. You may remember the scriptures inside out or maybe not at all. You may feel rich. You may feel poor. You may feel good about life or hate your life. You may be a Jew or you may be a Gentile. Either way, your identity is in who God is. You belong and value is in him. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. You believe that today? Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, T.D. Jakes, Bishop T.D. Jakes, he has this quote, which I love and I wrote down. It says, there are two aspects to finding significance. The first one answers the question of identity, who am I? And the other answers life's second big question about purpose, why do I exist? We derive meaning and identity from understanding who we are in Christ. It's a position we occupy. It's a relationship with God. It's not a thing to be found through fame or fortune or power. On the other hand, God has a purpose for our lives. He has a mission for your life, a destiny for you, which is why we exist. It is the other half of our search for significance. Seeking God is about occupying our position. Let me say that again. Seeking God is about you occupying your position. As a child of God, as the people of God, and as the church of God. See, with a clear identity, we can occupy the position of purpose. I want to say that again, because I want us to get this, that we have something or somewhere, a place in this world to occupy. And we occupy this when we start to seek God. We occupy this by an understanding our identity and then outworking 
our purpose or our mission. We have a little saying here at City Point Church is, oh, why don't you join the mission of the church? This is why is you were created to join the mission of this church. We aren't asking you to do something you aren't already equipped for. See, you may feel like you might not be equipped, but let me tell you today, you are equipped. You know, God will not give you something that you don't already have the tools for, the weapons for. And so when you walk into City Point North, you are walking into a place of purpose and mission. You belong here. You have value here, not only uh, in City Point, but in God. You know your place. You know your value. You know where you belong in Christ. And then together, we can come together and outwork a mission. And the basic mission is to unmistakably influence our world for good and for God. Our mission is to see people come to Christ. Our mission is to reach people that need healing, is for you and I to actually lay hands on, the Bible says, and see them recover. When we pray, that's exactly what happens. The mission here is for you to be bold, for you to be strong, for you to be courageous and work in knowing who you are in Jesus Christ. So just in closing today, I want to go through um, the pursuit of seeking God first, what will strengthen us or what the outcome is when we seek God first. This is the strengthening the belief of who I am and why I'm here. When we occupy our position, these become your daily reality. Are you ready? Are we with me? Tuned in? I want this to wash over you. If you want to close your eyes, you can. If you want to jump up and go crazy, that's okay as well. Number one, when you seek God, when you pursue God, you will know that you are a saint. Ephesians 2.19 says, Now therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the household of God. The second one is, is you're blessed. 2 Corinthians 9.8 says, And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. You are blessed. You are appreciated. 1 John 3.1 says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. We are appreciated. We're saved. John 5 24 says, very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged but has crossed over, has crossed over from death to life. You're saved. We seek God first because we know we're reconciled. Romans 5.11 says, In God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. That is good news. Amen. We are reconciled to God. No matter how you feel, church, we seek God. But sometimes we are still afflicted. This is real talk. First Peter 5, 9 to 10 says, Know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. And the God of all grace, this is the good news, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. Yes, you will suffer, but as children of God, he will make firm, strong, steadfast. You need to know today, as you seek God, you are heard. 1 Peter 3.12, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and that's who you are, righteous. And his ears are attentive to their prayer. Church, don't ever let the enemy try and bring you down, wreck your identity, separate you from God through not believing God is hearing your prayer. Let me tell you, God hears your prayer. Heaven is moving on your behalf. You might not see today. You might not even see tomorrow. 
You might not see it even next year. Really, it doesn't even matter if you see it in your lifetime. That person you're praying for will come back to Jesus Christ. That debt that needs to be broken over your, the inheritance will happen. The, the legacy of your life will come into place. The generations after you will be strong and firm in their faith in Jesus Christ. The curse before you will be broken through your prayer. You need to know today your prayers are heard. You're gifted. Romans 12, 6 says, In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Please don't ever feel like in the house of God where you belong, that you need the same gift as someone else. Your difference is our strength. And let God strengthen your difference. In the world, your difference is the world's weakness but not in the world of God, amen? Your difference is our strength. Your new, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has become. Let me tell you today, you are a new person. You might be dealing with the old, but you are no longer that old person. Amen? You are redeemed. You're forgiven. 1 John 1.9 says, But if we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all of our wickedness. You are adopted. Romans 8.15 says, You receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. In other words, by whom we seek and pursue. You're adopted. You're loved, 1 John 4.19. We love him because he first loved us. Let me tell you something today. If you do not know Jesus in this place, don't allow yourself, even in these moments, to think that God doesn't love you. I want you to tell I want to tell you today, He has been loving you forever. Since the day you were made through love. It doesn't matter how you were conceived, you were formed fearfully and wonderfully by the Creator Lord God by love. You are loved, you have a purpose, you have a, a place of belonging, not only in the kingdom of God, but to God Himself. You're rewarded. Galatians 6 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good. Church. This is my prayer right now. Don't become seniors. Don't become weary. Young person, life hasn't begun, but you may have gone through more than what I've ever been through in my life. Don't become weary. Mothers, don't become weary in praying. Men, don't become weary in believing that you can change. Families, don't become weary in your pursuit for God and just go, well, living the way we used to is easier. Church, let's not become weary in believing for miracles. Let's not become... Man, the enemy's had a field day, but not with us. Let us not become weary in believing that He is a miracle-working God. Church... Let's not become weary in our belief, in our faith, in our knowing that Jesus Christ is coming again. You know, if I could right now just be on a massive horn to this whole world, I'll just say, world, let's not become weary. Our Saviour will come riding on a horse in all power and victory. There will be Armageddon. There will be these things that we've prophesied from old. Let's not be weary. Let's not grow weary, caboolture, in believing that this district is going to change, that this district will meet Jesus Christ. Church, let's not become weary. Don't become weary just because you've prayed for someone and you didn't feel anything. They didn't get healed. The dead didn't rise. I know people here, myself included, have prayed for this. Let's not become weary just because it didn't happen. 
Man, as far as I read in the Word and my faith strengthens me, God has never changed. He still sits on the throne. There is only one real throne, and it's in heaven. And my Father God sits on that thing. Jesus is still on the right-hand side. He is still the one, the only one that ever has and ever will raise from the dead for all of humanity. He is the only one that was ever and will ever be crucified carrying your and my sin. He is the only one that has authority to forgive. He always was and always will be the only one. Let's seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. And the last one is, we need to know that we are victorious. This is why I pray the way I do around my house and my family. This is because I am victorious. Everything I do will succeed. Everything I put my faith to will flourish. Why? Because I'm victorious. Not because I'm extra good. You are the more important one, remember? You're the most valuable. But I believe that also. And my victory isn't found in my strength. I know you've been wondering about my gym workouts. They are still happening. (laughs) And I am seeing victory. (laughs) My victory isn't in myself, in my own making, in your business. Your victory isn't in being the most loved person or or wearing the best fashion all the time or, or having money or having that dream car. Your victory isn't in having an amazing family that everyone wants to model themselves over. Your victory is in nothing else except for Jesus Christ. Amen. And when you understand your identity, the one that we seek, when we come to prayer meetings, we aren't coming to play once a month. You need to know that these prayer meetings, you need to be at these prayer meetings. This is why. It's because we seek God. Because when we seek God, our identity is strengthened and we walk in victory. We don't grow weary. We know who we are. We are determined. We have belonging. We have a place. We have value. Our God is good and he loves us and you are his favorite. And you need to live a life worthy of what God has done for you and I. Because he makes us worthy. The Bible says, Jesus said these words. He said that we are his crown of righteousness. And what that means is when we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things are added to us, he rejoices in heaven and he has a big smirk on the left side and he goes, devil, you think you've got this world wrapped up, but I have the ultimate victory. See my righteous people down there. We are his crown of righteousness. 1 John 5, 4 says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Ready? Our faith. I want to read that one again, if that's all right. We're only one second over. We're good? (laughs) For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Is there anyone in this place that is born of God here today? It's everybody. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. This is why you are an overcomer. Not just of some things. You overcome the world. It's our faith. In other words, don't stop seeking God. When you are wondering why do I need to seek God, that's it. Your faith depends on it. The Bible says, by the grace of our amazing God, we are saved through faith. That tells me the only way to lose our salvation is by a dwindled faith. And the enemy, through everything he does in this world, wants to rob you of your identity Because once he robs whose you are and who you are in Christ, your faith is destroyed. 
and your salvation is lost. But here's the good news. Keeping yourself, your salvation is really, really simple. Seek God first. Seek God first. Do you receive that today, church? It's a good word, hey? Straight from the Gospels. Hey, this is what I'd love to do, is I'd love to pray for us this morning. Jesus. After my drink of water. Why don't we just lift our hands where we are? Father God, I just want to thank you for these amazing people. We are your church, sons and daughters of God. In your presence, Lord. We seek your face. We don't seek miracles. We don't seek power. We don't seek dominion. Because we know, Lord, that these are your byproducts of who you are. Father God, today we just seek you. We have a pure pursuit of you. There's many people that are in this place that your Christian walk is young. And this isn't about age. It's just about maybe you've been in church for a long time but you can identify where your maturity level in Christ or in the understanding lays. You can identify that, and I don't want to say where that is. But some people literally just gave their hearts to God in the last year or couple of months, or even just today during the service, you've made that commitment already. And so we're young in God. And so you don't hear this very often, but seek the face of God. And we do this by literally doing what happens in the Bible whenever they see an angel, we fall to our knees, face planted to the ground. Whether you physically do that or spiritually do that, it doesn't matter, but seek God. Seek God. It doesn't matter if you feel God None of that matters. He's there. He's real. He hears your prayer. Seek him. Pour out your heart. Pour out your desires. Pour out your frustrations. Hand over your addictions. Hand over your anger. This isn't about being perfect. None of us are perfect. We don't need to be perfect before we seek God. In fact, your brokenness is what makes you worthy to seek God. Because he goes, well, this is why I sent my son to give you access to my throne room. And it's here that my spirit can bring healing into your world. We seek God by prayer. We attend prayer meetings. We pray at home. Just five minutes, 10 minutes, half an hour, whatever it is for you, start that next level. We seek God by joining the Bible in a year plan. If you don't read that much, that's completely fine. Miss some days. It's all good. We're taking steps towards seeking God. We seek God through prayer, through giving everything in our world, our businesses. Why don't you write in your diary and put an alarm in place that when you go to work at 9 o'clock, we'll go off and you're going to spend five minutes seeking God for your business, for your family. School students, when you're walking in to school every day. Make that decision that as I walk from the car 
to my first class, I'm going to seek God. I'm going to say, God, would you be with me, strengthen me? I'm really bad in this area today. Would you help me just take that step of strength in you? Would you help me to love other students? Would you help me to have grace for my teachers? Father, would you turn my hatred towards school, towards a love of school, because I see people as you see people? Or would you take my love for school, God, and just grow it into everything that that could possibly be? Maybe, God, this whole school will come to know you. I don't know. I've got wild dreams. Uni students, the same thing. We seek God first to discipline, not second, not later, first. So, Father, I pray over this amazing congregation. Holy Spirit, as we do this this year, pursue you. Would you open the chapters of heaven? Would you open the realms of heaven? Would you break the curtain between us and the heavenly reality around us? Would you allow people in this congregation, all of us, God, to walk in your presence daily? Father, would you allow us to actually feel your presence daily, to feel strong? Father, I just pray right now, people that struggle with doubt, even right now, the spirit of doubt is in this place and we speak to you and we command you to go. How dare you be in the house of the Lord through any of us, our temples. Father, I speak right now that, Father, strength would come to people's minds and purity to our hearts in our minds. Break every chain, every shackle, because there is freedom in your house, which means there is freedom in our lives. There are some people here today, and you have to throw away some idols in your house. I actually see it like idols on the windowsill, carvings, you have carvings of um, um, like Buddha, you know, those Buddha figures that you get from the average shop these days. There's some people here, you actually have to get rid of those. You need to throw them in the bin. God's making a change in your world. And this is the change. <clears throat> it's uncompromisable. It's an uncompromising, I am a son, a daughter of God. This is a house of God. And we will not entertain even just for the look of things, anything that is not heavenly. So you need to throw some of those things out. Some people have things in your bedrooms <clears throat> that you need to throw out. Someone's got a pocket knife. You, you need to throw that out. need to throw that out because there's a bind in your life. There's a, a little reason to that. God wants to purify your heart. So throw that out. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anyone else here today? You need to throw things away. You need to, in the physical, what about the spiritual? Are there things you need to throw away, things you watch? Things you watch. Thank you, God. Is this okay just to take a bit longer? God's doing some stuff. Is this okay? All good. I feel like the, um, somebody watches um, like horror movies and it's time for that to stop. Now you might say and you have said many times, oh, it doesn't affect me, I just enjoy it. I just need to tell you it is affecting you and you might not be aware that's because that area of your life has been numbed to the Holy Spirit. This is just being real today. So we're seeking God in this place and God wants to bring life and when he brings that life to that area of your world, you're just going to be so happy, so much freedom. So you need to get rid of those horror movies in your world. Thank you, Jesus. There's people here today, you've never given your heart to Jesus before. And you've been listening to this message and you're like, wow, 
Am I really all of that? Do I really have belonging? Do I have that level of value? Is my, do I really have an identity that's worth worrying about? The answer is yes. And Jesus died for you and he wants you to give your heart to him. So today people got eyes open, people got eyes closed. It just doesn't matter. Would you just be really bold and lift your hand if you would like to give your life to Jesus today? Just want to know who I'm going to pray with. I won't ask you out the front or do anything embarrassing. I just want to pray with you. I just want to make that decision today. Just one more. I'm just going to look around. I see your hand there. That's fantastic. Is there anyone else? Amen. Hey, church, it's really important. Just look up for a moment. We're going to stop. It's just really important that we bring people to church. We, we need to invite people to church in our world because this is about us exercising our identity in Christ. We, we have something so beautiful, don't we, in Jesus. And people need it. People need to know Jesus. Which means for me, I have to be really bold. But that's okay. What does that mean for you? Do we, do we need to swallow some pride maybe because we've never done that sort of thing? But that's okay, we can do that. We can swallow that pride. Do we need to get out of our comfort zones? We can do that. We can get out of our comfort zones. Did you argue with your neighbour once? And now it's weird. We'll be the first to apologise. That's what Jesus would do. Show love, show grace. Let's invite people to church. I'm going to be, can I, I just want to be really honest just for one second. Mel and I have amazing dreams for this church. But our dreams for this church don't get fulfilled until you have amazing dreams for this church. Because we are the body of Christ. We have an office to lead, but we together encounter our world. And we just heard today that you, part of your value, part of your belonging is to walk in faith in what God's given you. Give it to others. You might say, well, I've brought many people in my lifetime to God. Well, there's many more. We receive that today. Someone's calling out. I think it's heaven. You see, why don't we stand to our feet? Father God, we just want to thank you for your amazing word today. We thank you that it doesn't return void, that you are a faithful God. And Father God, every week we are going to walk in who we are in Christ in our identity. And we give you praise and honour in Jesus' mighty name. We all said amen, amen. amen. We're going to go.